Well, it is my privilege and joy to introduce a young man. I got to call him a young man compared to me, who I met uh, just a short time ago. Uh, James Sherbin is his name, and I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from him. But welcome to our little podcast, James. Hey, thanks for having me, Randy. It's nice my to be here. My pleasure. Let me tell you just a little bit more about him. Full name, James Kyle Sherbin. He's an attorney and he's employed by the Vanden Heuvel Law Office here in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. But James was born in the state of Maryland, attended college in North Carolina, earning a BA from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. And then he went on from there to get his Juris Doctor, which is his law degree from Cooley Law School in Lansing, Michigan. Now, for enjoyment, he tells us, besides worshiping and fellowshipping with other Christ followers, he enjoys going to the beach, playing pickup basketball, and riding bikes on a summer day, which we're getting fewer and fewer of here in Michigan. (laughs) But his his faith story is amazing, and I'm sure you're going to be touched by how God moved in his life and drew James to faith in Jesus a few years ago. So again, welcome to the little podcast, James. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Thanks, Randy. So anyhow, this is it's kind of interesting how we met. I'm an elder at our church, Calvary uh, Church uh, in Grand Rapids. And we we have to, to uh, interview people that want to become members of Calvary Church. And so you were on my list and my wife and I uh, went and, and talked with you. And we're just fascinated <laughs> by your testimony of how you came to faith in Christ. So i I'd love to start by just, uh, you're, you're from a not a particularly Christian home background, uh, parents divorced, raised by mom, and and anyhow, uh, but at some point along the way, God got your attention. What, talk about that. What, what happened? Yeah, so um, when I was in North Carolina doing my undergraduate studies, um, I began to have the question, what's you know, what is my purpose? What is my role here? And I knew there was a God, you know, um, and growing up, I referred to him as Jesus, but I really kind of wanted to get a response. So I, you know, I Googled, you know, how do you, how do you speak to God? How do you pray? You Googled it. It told you, it told me. You Googled it. Right. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I Googled it because Google knows everything. So yeah, sure right. Enough, that's where okay. I got my answer. Um, it's, it wasn't anything more than you would think, you know, um, you know, clear your mind, go to a space by yourself, clear your mind and talk to God like you're talking to a friend. And that's and that's what I did. I wasn't even on my knees. I, was, I just laid in my bed, closed my eyes and did what it said, cleared my mind and talked to God like a friend. And I said, hey. Jesus, what 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 am I supposed to be doing here? Like what's what's my purpose? What do, what do I do now? And you know that was in some my prayer, and it was a very intentional. And it, it ended there. And the next day, but 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 just, just hang on before we get to the next day. I mean, had anybody talked to you about prayer, or you know, somebody had already witnessed to you, or shared with you, or is this just something that came on your own heart? Yeah, just something that came on my own heart because wow. um, I'm, I'm right right in the middle of um, undergrad. It's a it's a four year commitment to pretty much you know you can get into a lot of trouble there or you can sure. you know get get into something really great. 
so I'm just kind of lingering and what am I supposed to be doing? Okay. And brought me to that prayer. Okay. And so the very next but day, the, the next day, what happened? <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm walking through my class. I actually have an exam that day. Um, I can't remember what, it, what the exam was for. It may have been Latin, but I had an exam. I'm walking to class. I'm in kind of a chipper mood. Um, the wind is blowing. It just feels kind of different. You know, it felt good. And I'm walking down. This is the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And for those that have gone there, they know there's a big, almost like highway walking for people. And it's called Chancellor's Walk. And many, many people go back and forth through there. It's a, it's a college of like close to 20,000 students. And no one has ever stopped me going to class, returning from class. Not a girl. No one hardly ever even friends would stop me. Um, but this day I ran into three people and the first person on my way to this exam, kind of like a, like a, uh, short, short stature, white hair, kind of, um, really easygoing guy. And he's got a, a notebook pad in his hand, a little pamphlet. And he comes up to me and asks if he can pray with me. For no reason at all, he just stops just, me. Just out of the blue. First time in four. Years. Out of the blue, he does yeah. this. Yeah, in four years, it's the only person that's ever just stopped. I mean, it's very common for people to try to get your attention to sign up for things and whatnot. But I'm usually on a mission. I'm a person, kind of unapproachable, introvert. I'm just kind of walking, getting where I'm going. And this guy just gently stopped me and said, "Hey, can I pray with you?" And I pray. I just prayed the night before. <laughs> So I, so I stopped there and prayed and people were walking back and forth, you know, and he asked if he could pray for my exam and we did. And he went on to say, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. You know, um, here's you. He proceeded to draw on a piece of notebook paper. He said, this is, this is you and this is God and this is sin right in the middle of you and God. And he said, the point is, you have to bridge the gap between you and God. And you can only do that through Jesus. And he drew a line over those, you know, connecting me and God over sin. And he said, that's it. That's the point. That's the purpose. Bridge the gap. And he said, by the way, me and other men talk about Jesus every Wednesday night. You know, here's my number. Feel free to do that. And that's exactly what I needed. I never, I never ended up going, but... Right there, question answered. Later on in the day, I'm same, going the to same the day, the same day, right? The same day, yeah. I'm walking to the gym, um, our big recreational facility. Um, it was fairly new at the time too, so it was very popular. Uh, many people go in and out. And there's a street right next to the rec center, and that street's pretty busy too. I'm crossing the crosswalk, and I'm already probably you know, 10 yards away from the street. A, red, a nice old-style old red pickup truck stops right on the crosswalk where people would walk Yeah. back and forth. And two men are in the pickup truck smiling, and they're looking over at me. I'm walking away. And they yell, hey, you. I don't even look back, and they say, hey, you. I look back, and they say, come here. And I'm thinking maybe they're making fun of 
me or trying to fight me or something. You know, I was kind of in my head about it. But yeah, I sure. Walked right back up to them. No one's honking at them. No one's saying, hey, move. It's like no one cared that they were just in the middle of the crosswalk. I walk up to the truck and the guy, two men are just looking at me smiling, not like a sarcastic smile or like I'm joking with you smile, but just genuine. And they look at me and the guy in the driver's seat says, Jesus loves you. I said, I was like, hmm. I said, well, what? He said, Jesus loves you. I was like, wow. He said, have a great day. I'm like, thanks. You too. And I was kind of taken back and they drove off and no one honked. No one cared that they just sat in the middle of the crosswalk for, you know, at least three minutes talking to me and no one asked me about it. It was just very, very odd. I just thought my prayer before I asked, what, what do you have for me? What's going on? Yeah. And he, he was so specific. He said, bridge the gap between you yeah. and God through Jesus. Yeah. You know, cause sin is in the middle of it. Yeah. And then he said three, three words that he would say, Jesus loves you. Those are the three words he picked. And I thought that was, that was amazing. I'll never forget that day. And that, so you grew from that point. Did you start attending church, for example, after that? Or how did you begin to grow in your, your walk with Jesus? Yeah, it's actually funny. Um, after that, I, did, I didn't respond after that. You know, I'll never forget that day. But I, like I said, I didn't follow up with that, okay. that yeah. man who stopped me. I didn't go. Yep. I didn't go. It wasn't until um, later on when I kind of got alone that I reached out to the Lord again. And I said, take, I'm in Michigan at this time. I just moved to Michigan by myself, no family or friends here. And I just prayed, lead me to a church, please. You know, Wow. the next day I sprung out of bed for no reason. And I typed in church and Mount Mount Hope church came up. This is in Lansing, Michigan. (laughs) I started going there by myself and I just got on fire for the Lord, you know, literally. And I couldn't stop, I couldn't stop going back home and tell my mom and my dad and all my family and all my friends about it. You know, most of them were, you know how it is, but I was just on fire for them and it just developed and developed, developed. And my dad and I actually started reading verse by verse, mm. you know, through the book of Matthew and Mark and Romans and Isaiah, you know, um, and then he got on fire for the Lord, and then now he's completely changed. And then to end the, to end it kind of, I moved to Grand Rapids eventually after yeah. being in Lansing for like yeah. a year and a half, two years. Came to Grand Rapids, kind of had the same thing on my heart. You know, Lord, take me to a church. Yeah. Just like the one I was at. Yeah. Took me to Calvary Church. Yeah. That is and ever since I've been at Calvary Church, I've, um, I've loved it. I've really had a desire to plant roots in Calvary. So that's kind of where it. Glad to have you there. That's uh, just amazing. In fact, let let me just take a minute because there'll be some people that are going to watch this that maybe they've been in church. Like uh, I know a number of people that attend church and they think going to church is all you need to become a Christian, but it's not a religion. It's a relationship. So let me just quickly share the screen here. 
to show something similar to what you you saw. You you, you described, uh, you know, uh, this that you know God wants. You want to know God. He wants a relationship with us. He doesn't just want us to follow a bunch of rules, uh, and like go to church or do this or don't do that. That may be a result of the relationship, but we're separated from Him. And as you pointed out, you know, sin separates us from God. God's holy. And we're sinners. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it says in Scripture. But uh, so, you know, Christ died on the cross to pay for our sin. He said, I'll take your sin on me so that you have no sin anymore. And he He died the death that we deserved. It says in Scripture, God demonstrates his love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the bridge, someone has said, over sin. Um, Jesus is, so that we can go to God. And But again, I knew these thoughts personally. I was raised in the church, and I knew them in my head, but I really didn't have them in my heart. And so I'll go to the other side of this little card. We have to receive Jesus into our life, asking him to forgive us our sins and be the Lord and boss of our lives. I, I, I use the, the example. I Again, we both have a similarity. We've both been attorneys. I've been an attorney. In fact, I was a prosecutor and a judge. And uh, I sometimes use the analogy of being a judge. You know, let, let's say James comes in front of Judge Heckman. And, uh, you know, you've committed a crime. And I say, okay, James, you're going away for two years to prison. And you hang your head, and you're getting ready to go. And then one of my sons shows up and says, whoa, wait a minute, Dad. I love this guy, James. I'll do the time for him. Let me go to prison instead of him. You let him go free. Well, then James has to choose, does he take that gift? And what Jesus gave us is much more than two-year prisons. He gave us life, eternity. But we have to take the gift. Um, there's the scripture, as many as received him, to them gave you the right to become children of God, to believe in his name. And in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, I stand at the door, the door of your heart, and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And he with me wants to come in. We can have a close relationship with him, a gift from him that we gratefully receive by grace. And so then we need to say a prayer like you did. Uh Again, the, the words are not precise. They don't need to be exactly the same, but it's this idea. Lord, I need you. I open the door of my heart, receive you as my Savior and Lord. Forgive all my sins. Take control of my life. Make me the person you want me to be. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and giving me eternal life. And so you did that. <laughs> it was so amazing. But then we need to grow. And that's what you started to do when you started to attend church. And you're getting the word and get excited when other fellowship we were at a breakfast together with other men this morning, and uh, we need each other. We can't live the Christian life alone, and uh, so we we begin to pray. And when we blow it, we do. We still make mistakes and run our own life. We go back to Him and say, "Lord, forgive me again. Sorry." And He says, "I forgive you. Come on, get back on your horse and get going again." So those are part of of what we experience. Any reactions to any of that, sir? Oh yeah, I was just um I was just kind of thinking um like like you like you mentioned the church thing you don't you don't get a relationship with them just by going to church but church is kind of the response after 
you started the relationship. Yes. Which is kind of like a, a girl or anything else. If yeah. you start dating the person, you start going out on dates. You start doing things that people that are in a relationship do. And if we're in a relationship with Jesus, we start that relationship. We start acting like we're in a relationship with him. We start yeah. going to the places you go that he's at, which is that's right know, with other yeah. believers, other brothers and sisters. So it was it's definitely encouraging that behind the closed doors, you know, he responded to my prayer and we started that relationship yes. and that developed into church and then worship and serving and yep. hopefully membership. Yeah. You know. So do you have any regrets about uh, making that decision and going down this road with Jesus? No, not at all. <laughs> I have a regret for waiting for waiting so long. I mean, oh, well, but... better late than never by far. And some don't come to that faith until they're, on their deathbed, uh, you think of the the thief next to Jesus on the cross. You know, he at least made it before he passed. That's what you want to do. But as you say, it's it, the, the sooner you do it, the better, because then you can begin that that enjoyment of being with him and and uh, planting those seeds in other people's lives. Um, and uh, yeah. he's led you to be to go to law school and become a lawyer. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I also thought. Go ahead. I also thought it was really interesting um, that right before our interview, that membership interview, I, I picked up one of your, that card you just showed, um, and it had exactly what was written down on that notebook uh, paper yeah. that the man stopped me with. The, the exact picture, he drew it. That's what it was. And that was, That's so I cool. mean, over five years ago. That's so good. That's so good. So, you know, being a Christian, growing in faith, obeying God, be, not again to earn it, but because he's given us his gift of forgiveness and his presence and his love, we want to pay him back. And the, the, the only reasonable thing it says that scripture we can do is give him our whole life, total surrender. Uh, and that's a daily choice, isn't it? Where we got to do it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And like you said, it's nothing you can earn. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like someone saves your life. How, what do you do? How do you treat that person the rest of your life? You know, how, what's your response to that every single day afterwards? It's not like you were responsible for saving your life. He did it, but That's right. our response is to, you know, go crazy for him every day. That's, That's right. I mean, so you it's know, encouraging you, that. It's That's encouraging. right. You think of Ephesians 2, where it says, By grace are you saved through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. But then it goes on in the very next verse, Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship. His, his work of art is really what the word means. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So once you become saved, you're not saved by works, but once we become saved and bought by him, we want to do the works that he prepared in advance for us to do. And that gives us joy. Um, so here you are, a lawyer. Uh, some people might wonder, how in the world can you both be a lawyer and a Christian at the same time? Now, how is that possible? Help us out here. Yeah, well, but believe it or not, I, um, there are Christian lawyers out there. And I said another prayer, you know, um, it was I convict, it was on my heart that I'm going to hopefully be a lawyer soon just sure. before I took the bar. And, yeah. And, I don't want to be a money hungry, your typical stereotypical lawyer. 
you know, yeah. having a relationship with Jesus, what he's calling me to do. So I prayed about it and I'm working at a GNC store here in Grand Rapids at the Woodland Mall. And yeah. uh, randomly, I don't, I've been applying to a lot of jobs too. And I have gotten no, um, no responses, no, no luck. Um, but randomly a, an old man strolls into the GNC store and starts asking me questions about beat supplements and stuff. And uh, he starts talking about religion. And then I said, I started the question. I said, do you mean Jesus? And then that kind of got his attention. He said, we started talking about Jesus because that is what he meant. Um, and he said, wait, you're a Christian and you're going to be a lawyer. I have, my son is actually a, owns a Christian law firm, him and his son. I'll call him right now and set you up with an interview because they're actually looking for a law clerk. And that's typically what you do before you're, mm -hmm. you get your license to practice um, right. You law clerk somewhere. And um, so he called him on the spot. I talked with him on the phone. It was the partner of the firm, which you don't typically just get to talk to the partner of a firm, like on a dime, you know, mm -hmm. um, talk to him. And he said, yeah, why don't you come in tomorrow morning? Came in and he's got, a, you know, the firm has a plaque right on the front of their the wall. As soon as you walk in, um, a, a quoting scripture of some sort, I forget what it was, but had an interview with him and they made it a point to say, you know, we like to tell every, everyone we work with that, we're open about our faith in Jesus and we like to tell our clients about Jesus. And we even um, have this book called great Bible truths that sure. his dad actually yeah. made it made. Mm. And that was the man that came into the GNC store. Wow. Anyway, I said, you know, no, that's actually great. You don't understand. You're exactly what I was looking for. I was actually praying for this. And they said, wow, that's amazing because my wife, Marion, this is the partner. He said, my wife, Marion, was actually praying for a law clerk. You know, and here you are. So Thank you, God. They were praying for a law clerk. I was praying for a, a boss and a firm that, you know, had Jesus. And there it was. And I've been there ever since. And I don't, I don't plan on leaving because it's exactly where I want to be. That is such because, Through him. It's you know, answer to prayer. Just keeps responding to my prayers. Yeah. Well, no, you're... you're I assume you're in your 20s as far as age. And uh, again, the, the world that we live in is, I, I use the term crazy in a lot of ways, just the, you know, the transgenderism and, and uh, just the, 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 just the, the craziness of our culture, the, the, the competition we see in Washington, DC and elsewhere politically. And in so many other ways, the, the growing crime rates and, uh, you know, then the world situation, uh, you know, uh, Israel being attacked by Hamas recently. And what, what what kind of optimism, if any, do you have somebody of your age? Do you have any hope for the future at this point? How do you get up in the morning and say it's it's going to be OK? What 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 goes through your mind? Where, where do you see things heading? I guess I, guess I just rely back on his word, you know, what? He assures us these things will happen so that we don't, so that we don't fret, you know, so that we mm. can remain faithful to him. Cause he, like he says, expect these things, you know, they're going to come and go, but it's still not over yet. And 
I love everyone hears the message and accepts or rejects, you know, I'm not coming back. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's like you said, he doesn't know the day of the time. Only the father does, but I just, I just, um, cling to his promises, I guess mm-hmm. for sure. Because Amen. it's not, there's no surprise that bad, bad things are happening, but he says those who endure to the end will be saved. We'll so. be saved. That's good. Gotta, Love it. Got to endure, I guess. That's right. So, you know, you, you are, you're in your the Bible and you're in prayer and you're in fellowship with others. Anything you want to add before we close, James? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, I sure appreciate your sharing. Why don't you close us in prayer, would you? Yeah, of course. Uh, Father, through Jesus, uh, thank you for uh, um, allowing uh, Randy Ekman here to invite me on his podcast to share my testimony with as many uh, folks as it as it reaches. Um, thank you for bringing me to Grand Rapids and Calvary Church um, under the leadership of uh, Randy and other elders and other brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, Father, I just pray and hope that whoever hears this this testimony might be moved and um, might help strengthen and deepen their own relationship with you, Lord, through Jesus. And um, we ask this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, James. Love you, brother. It's so neat that God brought us together to, to talk and, and that you'd be able to share that story. And I do pray it touched many, many lives for his glory. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.